DK Metcalf, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Again, Roster Watch Nation, it's your friendly neighborhood trash man, and this is the garbage grab. More importantly, it's the fantasy fallout going into week nine of the NFL season. It's a big day tomorrow, guys. You guessed it. It's the NFL trade deadline. It's a lot of things that I may talk about in this episode. May have changed by tomorrow afternoon, but we're moving forward based on what information we have available to us right now. So here is the file. And yes, I am wearing a Houston Oilers sweatshirt, Warren Moon all the way, except for those times, those other times, if you know what I'm talking about. Not good. <laughs> First game, Thursday night, Falcons at Panthers. Falcons won this one 25 to 17. Brian Hill has gotten double-digit touches in two of his last three games, and they actually outrushed Gurley 55 to 46 yards. Todd Gurley, that is. Gurley still gets the edge due to his touchdown prowess, but Hill deserves to be owned in deeper formats as his usage, usage could continue to go up. Russell Gage disappointed in week eight, but with the news of Calvin Ridley's midfoot sprain, he deserves to stay on rosters as Ridley could be out through the Falcons week 10 bye. On the other side of the ball, Curtis Samuel had his best game of the season on Sunday, scoring two touchdowns and amassing 54 all-purpose yards on the day. It's a great confidence boost, but I wouldn't go planning on it being a regular thing as Christian McCaffrey is set to return this week and the offense will run through him. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are still the only other viable starts for Carolina. On to the next game, Steelers at Ravens. Steelers won this one 28-24. A week after putting up negative two yards on a one-target, one-catch day, Chase Claypool led the Steelers in targets with nine, bringing in five catches for 42 yards and a touchdown. With Deontay Johnson back on the field, we're going to see up-and-down days for Claypool, but his upside makes him worth flexing in most matchups. Deontay Johnson did leave the game in the first quarter with a hamstring injury, but he returned seemingly unaffected, though he didn't add anything in the box score on Sunday. Should be good to go this week. On the other side of the ball, J.K. Dobbins had 15 carries to Gus Edwards, 16, with Mark Ingram on the sideline, and ended up with 113 yards to Edwards, 87. Edwards got the score, though, and retained short yardage and goal line situations upon coming back into the game after an injury scare. Both players are worth flexing this week against Indianapolis if Ingram continues to sit. Marquise Brown complained about his role in the Ravens' offense after a lackluster Week 8, meaning that the squeaky wheel might get greased this week. Even against Indianapolis, who has 
who can cover passes really well, who can cover everything really well, actually. He's worth a shot for that reason. On to the next game, Rams at Dolphins. Rams lost this one 17-28. Dolphins with a winning record right now. Cooper Cup had the first 20-plus target game of the season on Sunday with Josh Reynolds and Gerald Everett tying for second behind him with nine. Jared Goff threw an absurd 61 times on Sunday, so you might need to take it all with a grain of salt. But Everett seems to be the preferred tight end in L.A. right now. Reynolds has gotten at least eight targets in his last two games and scored twice in his last three games. He's worth picking up in deeper formats for that reason. Daryl Henderson hurt his thigh right before halftime of the game, leaving Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers to pick up the pieces. The Rams have a bye this week, so maybe Henderson doesn't miss any time. But with Seattle, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco coming up, I don't really love playing any running back and what is going to continue to be at least a two-man timeshare. On the other side of the ball, Tua Tagovailoa pulled off a victory against the Rams, but he was barely breathing under center, throwing the ball only 22 times on the day. The game was won by the defense and special teams, and we could actually see a decrease in production from the Dolphins receivers for quite some time. Arizona will be a big test for Tua and what he is capable of right now. On to the next game, the Jets at the Chiefs. Jets lost this one 9-35, big surprise. The Jets' offense is abysmal, but Denzel Mims, my boy, did look like their best athlete on the field with two catches, with the two catches he had on the day for, I think it was 42 yards. Braxton Berrios and Jeff Smith had 11 and 8 targets, but Jamison Crowder is likely to return this week, so neither of them is worth adding in any format, really. The offense can't sustain them, will not sustain them. Michael P. Ryan had eight carries to Frank Gore's 10, and as long as the Jets continue to treat Gore like a lead back, there's no reason to play either of them. There's no touchdown upside here. On the other side of the ball was all air attack for the Chiefs on Sunday with no Kansas City running back getting more than six carries and 20, 21 yards on the ground. There was a juicy revenge narrative for Le'Veon Bell against his former Jets, but Patrick Mahomes was on fire and would not, could not be denied. Nicole Hardman was second in targets with nine to Travis Kelsey with Sammy Watkins still out. And there's a decent chance they keep him out through the week 10 bye. any of the chiefs pass catchers would be worth a deep league flex against Carolina this week on to the next game. Vikings at Packers Vikings won this one 28 to 22 with Dalvin cook doing his best Ladanian Tomlinson impression against the Packers. There was little else for other Vikings skill players to do. Minnesota might take a more even-handed approach in week nine's matchup with the, with the Lions, but then again, they might not, they might not have to. Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are still wide receiver twos as they could both feast. You never really know, but it's Dalvin Cook's offense. There doesn't seem to be another Packers wide receiver behind Devontae Adams worth rostering right now. Robert Tonyan, Jay Sternberg, and Jamal Williams are the Green Bay offense otherwise until Aaron Jones returns. Tonyan being the other, only other person besides Williams and Adams I would bother with in fantasy right now on to the next game Colts at Lions Colts won this one 41 to 21 Jonathan Taylor finished the game but he's reportedly dealing with an ankle injury following Sunday's drubbing of the Lions Jordan Wilkins outcarried and outgained Taylor on the day so there's probably more than a bit of credence to that injury news 
With T.Y. Hilton also injuring himself, there should be a rush to grab Wilkins, Naheem Hines, and Michael Pittman in that order. With all the Indianapolis Titans healthy, they're cannibalizing each other's opportunities. Trey Burton scored on a run, no less, but Jack Doyle caught a touchdown, and Mo Ailey Cox had the same number of targets as Burton with four. This is a sketchy fantasy situation, and I don't like it. Now, on the other side of the ball, Kenny Galladay has already been declared inactive for Week 9 after injuring his hips Sunday. Marvin Hall had seven receptions and over 100 yards, and Marvin Jones had two scores, but it's Quintez Cephas who's generally benefited from Galladay's absence this season. On to the next game, Raiders at Browns. Raiders won this one 16-6. After going over 100 yards a week ago, Nelson Aguilar failed to bring in either of the two targets he got on the day. The Raiders were playing with a lead, so they leaned on Josh Jacobs and little else in what was inclement weather. Only Hunter Henry was able to bring in a touchdown for the Raiders otherwise, and even he only had 26 yards on the day. Darren Waller is the only Raiders pass catcher worth rolling with going up against the Chargers this week. On the other side of the ball, with no Odell Beckham to threaten defenses and a gimpy Jarvis Landry in tow, the Browns couldn't get anything going against the Raiders in poor weather conditions. They get a bye this week, so fortunately you don't have to worry about the headache of choosing which Brown you might want to give a chance in fantasy. But they do play Houston the following week, so all is not lost. And Austin Hooper should be back by then as well. On to the next game, Titans at Bengals. Titans lost this one 20-31. Corey Davis was a big winner in Week 9 for the Titans with Tennessee playing from behind and Adam Humphreys going down with a concussion. Davis finished with 10 targets, 128 yards, and a touchdown, so he's gotten double-digit targets and a touchdown in each of his last two games. He's still behind A.J. Brown in the pecking order, but with Humphreys down and Anthony Fersker eating into Johnny Smith's snaps, Davis makes for a more than reasonable flex this week, even against the Bears. Speaking of Smith, he's been in a slump since injuring his ankle in Week 6, and A.J. Brown's taking over the passing game hasn't helped his cause. You might want to shop Smith ahead of your league's trade deadline. Gio Bernard was a starter for the Bengals. But Samaje Ryan managed to get 10 carries for 32 yards and a touchdown as Cincinnati played with a lead over the Titans. This is likely of no consequence, though, as the Bengals have a bye this week and Joe Mixon is slated to return the following week. Well, we turned back the clocks this week, or forward back, I don't really know. I just know it's dark at 5 o'clock right now. It's fall. And in my bookie, that can only mean one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. Bet NFL, UFC, and then some. The craziest sports fall of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of future bets or you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code ROSTER and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sport wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today. Only at my bookie. 
On to the next game, Patriots at Bills. Patriots lost this one 21-24. Without Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman in the wide receiving court, Cam Newton was pretty helpless in the passing game. Jacoby Myers did get 10 targets on the day, but he only came away with 58 yards. Damian Harris did have a breakout of sorts as he scampered for 102 yards on 16 carries. And at only 47% ownership in most leagues, Harris needs to be owned in all formats as he's the only thing going for this offense right now. On the other side of the ball, rookie Zach Moss matched Devin Singletary in carries with 14 in Week 8 and came away with 81 rushing yards to Singletary's 86. In addition to two touchdowns, though, Moss was used almost exclusively in the red zone, but that's more than enough in Buffalo's high-scoring offense. Just as potent as Singletary in fantasy, as at least it would seem, Moss needs to be owned in more than the 55% of leagues he's owned in currently. And then John Brown has been spotty at best since week two, but he's got a sky-high matchup with Seattle this week. If it's a must-win week for you, this might be the time to trade for Brown. On to the next game, Chargers at Broncos. Chargers lost this one 30-31. Lost a 21-point lead. Justin Jackson looks like the best bet for fantasy out of the Chargers running backs going to Week 9 as his use in the passing game keeps him involved. Whether Troy Main Pope or Joshua Kelly has the, hot hand, has the hot hand. Pope actually had the highest yard per carry average, 6.7, of any Chargers running back and might have some deep, deep league flex value this week against the Raiders. Mike Williams, five receptions, 99 yards, and a touchdown. And Justin Herbert are starting to click. Williams will be up and down all season. That's the nature of a player of his caliber's game. I mean, not caliber, but just what he does. He's a field stretcher. But his upside is second to none in this offense as Herbert gets better and better. Speaking of Justin Herbert, he's an every week quarterback one. I'd play him over guys like Matt Ryan right now. Deshaun Hamilton. On the other side of the ball, four receptions, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Led the Broncos in receiving with Tim Patrick, sidelined with a hamstring injury. Though Hamilton was fourth in targets with five. If Patrick can't go this week, Hamilton has an outside shot to do some damage against Atlanta this week. And then Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon had eight and six carries, respectively, with Lindsay breaking a couple for big plays. And they have with 83 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Gordon was able to stay fantasy relevant, though, due to his usage in the passing game. Gordon remains the higher floor of the two, but Lindsey is worth flexing in plus matchups as the more explosive back of the two. On to the next game, 49ers at Seahawks. 49ers lost this one 27-37. Nick Mullins looks like a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo right now. So I guess it's not any surprise that Garoppolo is being shut down indefinitely with an ankle injury. The worst news out of San Francisco, though, is that George Kittle may be out for eight weeks which would make him useless for fantasy purposes for the rest of the season, or the fantasy season at least. Jordan Reed is set to return soon, so he definitely needs to be added. But Ross Dwelly deserves to be streamed in the meantime. Kendrick Bourne should be added in most formats as well, as he finished behind only Brandon Ayuk in receiving yards 81-91 to for the 49ers. Tevin Coleman didn't last long in his return to game action as he injured his knee early on Sunday afternoon. The 49ers have a Thursday night game this week, so expect Jermichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon to shoulder the load for the 49ers. 
On the other side of the ball, rookie running back DJ Dallas led the Seahawks backfield on Sunday with Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde sidelined. With 23 touches on the day, Dallas underwhelmed on the ground, only 41 yards, but he served as a passing down back as well and managed to score two touchdowns on the day. At 25% ownership, Dallas needs to be added in all formats as we wait to hear news of Carson and Hyde this week. On to the next game. Saints at Bears. Saints won this one 26-23 in overtime. Alvin Kamara led the Saints in rushing and receiving with Thomas, Michael Thomas, that is, Emmanuel Sanders and Marquez Callaway sidelined. Behind him were Jared Cook and Troy Quan Smith, who had five receptions and 43 yards. Chances are Thomas or Sanders can make it back for week nine against the Bucs, but if not, Smith makes for a flex start in deeper formats. On the other side of the ball, Anthony Miller, eight receptions, 73 yards, led the Bears in targets with 11 on Sunday, with Allen Robinson getting shadowed by Marshawn Lattimore. Darnell Mooney also had a nice game with 69 yards and a touchdown on five receptions. It's hard to take this game as anything more than an attempt to throw away from Lattimore, though. So there's a chance, though, that Miller will see an uptake in looks against Tennessee this week. Something you should do going into week nine is download the fantasy life app it's a free app us freegans love to hear that we use them for their news alerts and community the fantasy life app sends breaking news alerts faster than anyone else they monitor thousands of reporters so you don't have to and send important news as soon as it breaks you never miss a relevant injury trade or other update The Fantasy Life app also has in-depth reports and on-demand advice from a massive community. Download the Fantasy Life app for iOS or Android at FantasyLifeApp.com. On to the next game, the Sunday night game, the last game on this slate. Cowboys at Eagles. Cowboys lost 9-23. It's pretty apparent that Ben DiNucci is not the answer for the Cowboys under center as he couldn't move the ball down the field. They settled for three field goals. And Anthony, Anthony, Andy Dalton should be back for week nine, but I don't expect him to do much better against the Steelers this week. Zeke Elliott and perhaps Dalton Schultz are the only Cowboys I'm expecting much of anything out of this week. The Eagles have a bye this week, but you should grab Zach Ertz if he's been dropped in your league. He could return in week 10. Dallas Goddard may still have lingering effects from an ankle injury as he really didn't do anything on Sunday night. Jalen Rieger ended up with six targets and a touchdown against the Cowboys in his first game since week two. If you can afford to add him during the bye, he should pay dividends coming out of the break. And that's it for the fantasy fallout going into week nine, folks. I hope there was something you can use to move forward in your league, some move you can make that's going to help out your team. Anyway, this has been the Garbage Grab. I'm the Trash Man, and until next time... Be ready.